Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We are straight talking, ethically minded, and a reliable source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Starwood is whiskey for a curious, food-obsessed generation. They are made in Melbourne and they ditch the airs and graces and focus on flavour instead. Starwood make their own whiskey here in Melbourne. It is matured in red wine barrels and they source all their ingredients from within a day's drive from the distillery, which allows them to focus on being local and close to the source of production. They deliver on an amazing experience for their customers who come to their purpose-built bar in Port Melbourne, which is where we're recording the podcast from today with the Head of Hospitality and Experience, Patty Karakostas. Hey, Patty, how are you? I'm great, Sean. How are you going? Now, fantastic to have you on the show. Now, I know we've talked a lot before, and most notably a couple of weeks ago when I came in and had a great conversation with you about everything that's happening here at Starwood. It's been a brand which I've known and loved for a long time. I remember a couple of years ago, I told you this, is that I came here a couple of years ago when it was a collaboration between Demon's Hot Sauce and Starwood, which was a really cool collaboration, I think just before you started, and just really got to love what Starwood was doing in the marketplace. So we're going to get into that, into the show, but you've got such an amazing career history in the hospitality industry. So how did you come to be working here at Starwood? It's a great question. And until I was asked to come on this podcast, I never really sat there and had the opportunity to think about it. Like, how did I get here? Bloody hell, it's been like, I don't know, 11 years in the wow. making. When you think about hospitality, you think you started in the dish area or, you know, front of house, but that wasn't for me. I've not had a linear progression at all in terms of hospitality. I started in PR and marketing. So I came out of uni, went to the university and studied media and com. And it was really interesting. At the time, like that was just a, an industry within itself that was taking flight, social media, all that actually didn't exist at the time when I was, yeah, when I was right. at university. Now I'm showing my age. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it was a really interesting time to be learning about how media and communications really influences people's choices, how you consume media. It was, I, I found it really fascinating. And I started out in agency work. So working in more food, food and drink and wineries. But then I, I guess I specialised in experiences for journalists so curating really interesting media films for different regions within Victoria. Wow. And that's how it came to be. Like my experience knowledge was like curating these incredible, I guess, voyages around Mornington Peninsula or the high country or, yeah, I guess different different regions within Victoria and showcasing the produce and the, mm. the producers and the operators. Mm-hmm. And I was really passionate about that and I, I found that that like – I had a fashion part of my role and I thought that's where I wanted to be. Completely flipped and discovered that food and wine and beverage and hospitality was where it's at and where my heart lied. So mm. that's, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then PR got, re- I got really tired of PR. It's an intense industry. It's you just, you're on all the time. Not like hospitality isn't. And also it's not as glamorous as everyone, <laughs> everyone thinks. Um, I, yeah, I got, I, it was, it was full on work and I did it for Four years before mm. in agen- an agency is a different gig. Might have been different if I went in house, but agency is just it's, it's hard work. And then basically travelled for nine months. Mm-hmm. Went away, went with my beautiful now husband uh, to Europe, and we discovered 
the coffee world that was in London, to be honest. Right. Um, we, we did a bit of work with Proofrock in mm-hmm. London. We did workshop as well. And um, we had some friends over there that helped us just sort of shape our skills and introduced us to the specialty coffee world that was sort of growing over there, but more so in, in Melbourne. And at that, at that time, it was around 2012, I was trying to actually think of the dates. I'm like, oh my yes. God, the years, scary, are, isn't it? Yeah, the years are flying on by. Um, <laughs> <laughs> again, a really interesting time where things were growing, things were sort of taking shape and, mm. and it, was, it was really exciting to be part of the coffee world at that time. Mm. Um, we came to Melbourne and realised there was this huge gap in the market for our particular, like where we were living. Mm. There was no sort of specialty coffee shop. There was like, and that breakfast scene was really coming on board. And, yeah. you know, every weekend it was a broadsheet article or something like that that was, um, you know, launching something. The new place to go. The new place to be. Yeah. Um, and we thought, why not? Let's give it a go. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just have a crack. Ignorance is bliss. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we did it. We It was platform espresso and it was tiny. Well, it was actually not that tiny. It was exceeded 55. That's oh, um, right. sizable. It was sizable, for yeah. especially for your first gig. Absolutely. And far out was it a rude awakening. Like it was <laughs> it was intense. You start you start your day at like five thirty in the morning yep. and you finish and you know you've got book work afterwards. You just didn't I guess we didn't realise the intensity like I thought, you know, PR and agency work was stuff, but then you mm. go into something like that and it's a different kettle of fish. But it was so rewarding and yep. it was so nice. We created this incredible sense of community with that with that cafe. I've still got friends that worked with us. I wouldn't say they worked for me, they worked with, with me you, yeah. to, to grow this incredible business and we were so proud of it. And at, at the end, we really burnt out because we decided to open another one, foolishly. Um, it was at called the same time? At the same time. Oh, wow. So okay. it was called uh, Form Coffee in Cremorne. That was tiny, but it was intense because there was nothing like it then at that time either. Again, specialty coffee, that third wave mm. was really taking off and... And it was it was so cool. Like I wish we could have still have it now because it, it, it would still do really well. It was just a little roller door in next to a car garage near Porsche. Oh wow! So it was this tiny little thing. My husband was running that while I was running platform. Gosh. And yeah, it was it was full on, but it I loved it. It was it was a really good time of our lives, and I look back on it really quite fondly. Even though there were moments there where. We just both of us were just like, "Is this yes. <laughs> what we want to do? Are we going to break up? What's going to happen?" No, it, it was <laughs> we're still together. It's fine. <laughs> you have one cafe each or something like that. That's it. Yeah. Um, no, no, it was uh, challenging but exceptionally rewarding, and I'm so glad we did it. And then we moved into consulting. So after we we sold both of them, right? Um, we reached a point where it was just too much, and it was actually good timing because you know I think it was getting really saturated by yeah. the time we. We opened and nine cafes around us, in particularly in Glen Iris. So that was in Glen Iris Platform Espresso right. and the other one was in Cremorne, so both wow. south side. And it was just getting really difficult to, I guess, be the, the major players in the in the market because yep. everyone wants to go to the, the new place regardless of how wonderful your food service yeah. is and coffee is. Uh, and that's that, that was really like when we started, that was the pinnacle of, I guess, the pillars of what we were doing. It was just about really good, like wholesome food, really good coffee yep. and great service. And that worked, I think, as a formula. Um, mm-hmm. And we did the same thing in, in uh, with Form as well, the smaller version of Platform. And then we, yeah, we decided to consult for various cafes. You know, we ended up doing a large roastery in Blackburn for World Vision. 
We did a whole range of like smaller cafes and just helped them out with their operations. And they're so trying to get those pillars right again. And I, yeah, I moved into various other like major hospitality groups with Biblo and worked with Mercedes Me, which was phenomenal. And I, that really was a huge stepping stone for me because it helped me like from a brand experience perspective. It was really interesting. I got to work with a, a global brand um, that was trying to shape something that isn't tangible into something tangible, which is a, how do you get a physical space to feel like a brand? And that was really interesting. And I guess that's what I'm doing here at Starwood, you know. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, it's, yeah, it's, and it's a challenge because every, every brand is different and it's essentially trying to you – look, you look at service and it's – you know, you have to greet your customer, you have to have that feeling, but how do you differentiate it between something that's Mercedes made or Mercedes brand versus Starwood brand? Like it's, yes. it takes a lot of attention to detail and it takes a lot of focus on the ethos and the brand pillars. Have you found that now you've come to Starwood and we're talking about the, the steps of service and I want to talk about the experience later on the podcast, mm. but have you found the blend of the fact you, you owned one business, then two business, then you actually started consulting and seeing so many other businesses. Has that helped you formulate how you're doing the experience here because you've seen such a breadth and depth of experience across your experience yourself? Yeah, for sure. And, and with Mercedes Me, it was a different style. Like mm. it was very, it was a bit more formal where this is far more casual and approachable, which is yep. part of our brand ethos. Where Mercedes, it's more refined and you know, it is about it, – w- it wasn't silver service, but mm. certainly there were events where we had to, you know, produce that and create that. Sure. Um, yes, it definitely has helped form what the experience is, Starwood for sure. And even when I was working at Mercedes, you really had to think about it. Like it wasn't a – it was – yeah, how are you going to make the, the customer feel as they come in and how are they going to feel the brand and what are they going to take away with them? What are they – you know, you want to have that mark, I guess, of um, how they're how they're feeling afterwards. Yeah, so that connection. The connection, connection, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Can you explain for people outside of Melbourne or haven't seen Mercedes Me? I know it's no longer around, but it was yeah. a, it was a fantastic venue. I've had coffee there and food many times. What the connection was with Mercedes? Because a lot of people would <laughs> would go, "What?" Like, is you know? Yeah, we had that. That was really huge challenge and a massive education piece and I felt like it was like throughout my entire career I feel like I'm just educating people like <laughs> when it was specialty coffee it's like what what single origin what is that yeah. and then you're, you're trying to like explain to people this different wave of coffee and what this means and mm. what is specialty coffee and then with Mercedes me it was like um, so what are you what space are you? can you explain it can you define it mm. and it was it was a space that partnered with St. Ali coffee and it was a cafe that combined uh, Mercedes me uh, Mercedes sorry so it was all about I guess approaching a new audience and it was interesting because that the way they looked at it was with their brand pillars so incorporating the best of Melbourne within the space interesting so if you haven't been to the space it was multi-million dollar site that was phenomenal in terms of the architecture and the way it was built everything was focused on melbourne Mm -hmm. so whether it be the furniture that was within within the space essentially all of them were handmade in melbourne which is beautiful you never see that in a cafe because you're just going to trash it yes absolutely (laughs) but it was all about attention to detail all the all the hardwood was victorian hardwood all these beautiful books that were housed in the library were all about the brand pillars and what actually mercedes me or mercedes represents it was all the music like it was curated it was it was just well thought out it was everything was purposeful 
I guess that's something I really learnt um, in that space. It's just really thinking about what is the purpose, the why, you know, why are you doing that? What, what's the re- What's the music? What is that saying? How are you feeling about that particular genre of music or that lighting? It's, it, it's all of those little things that mm. most people don't think about when they come into a space. It's a seamless experience. And, yeah, a Mercedes me did it brilliantly. Was that one of the first times, obviously you'd had so much experience in the industry before and especially with your own venues, was that the first time you thought about music and about lighting in a different way because all of a sudden you've got a brand which is Mercedes, you know, going to this premium kind of level or was that something you sort of understood already, do you reckon? Yeah, I think it was there. I think it was just not really something that you'd hone in on. You'd you'd think about it subliminally. Like when you platform espresso and cremon it was all about cool like it was the music had to fit the space you just naturally just did it <laughs> uh, <laughs> but some people don't get that some don't realize that um, those little nuances is what creates an experience yeah and i think that comes with experience for sure and when i look back it's when where i am now it's an amalgamation of all these skills and experiences that i've had over the years that have made me be here at a whiskey. If you asked me five years ago, it was a wh- an experience manager yes. at a whiskey distillery part of my five year plan? I would say absolutely <laughs> not. I would have no idea <laughs> how or why I got here. Yeah. It, no, it's an, it's been an amazing journey, and working with Starwood is incredible. I I've really enjoyed. Like I've been here a year and a half now. It's gone so fast, and you know, even through COVID, they've you know really supported the team. It's been a beautiful. Again, that community spirit is really strong and. Yeah, I love working here. It's great. Yeah, I think it's exciting because as I've had more guests on the last, you know, the last couple of months, I'm thinking back to Reggie from Hibiki in in Hawthorne. Um, They're awesome. Campbellwell, right? And we talked a lot on that podcast. We talked a lot generally, but we talked a lot on that podcast about sound and about music and about lighting and how the importance of that. And I think it's this, this balance between either premium venues by sake of expensive fit outs mm. or brands that do put themselves on that next level of uh, very much what Starwood is doing here where lighting, sound, environment, is that more thought about process where that can't be, that maybe isn't thought about for, for all venues, right? Because sometimes you've got a 100 square metre site, you're producing great quality, great service mm. mm-hmm. and the sound is because you've got concrete floors and great acoustics and all that kind of stuff and the environment is actually the sound. That's not true. The, not the playlist as much. With Starwood, because obviously whiskey and, and different liquors across Australia, distilleries in general, yeah. are booming at the moment. They're going to a next level. What makes Starwood different? What are you doing and what are you doing as an experience manager to make that experience different for the people who come into Port Melbourne? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot to think about when... Mm. How do you break it down? I think it comes down back down to those pillars. Like mm. what do you stand for as a business? Mm-hmm. For us, it's about approachability. It's also about the immersive experience and that sensory experience and the Starwood story and that education piece. So those three things really govern the way we curate experience, whether it be you come in, have a cocktail or a flight, mm-hmm. or whether you come in for a tour or masterclass or a sensory experience. All those things will always formulate the sequence of events that happen. A big part is when I'm talking about experience, I always go back to, you know, my culture. I'm, I'm Greek, obviously, with Karakostas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> kind of give myself away. But there is a word in Greek, and you can't actually translate it in English. It's called philotimo. And it's something that I've always... It's been part of the way I conduct myself as a hospitality professional, as an experience manager. It's 
something that is felt. So when you come in, it's that warmth. It's like you're coming into my home. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you. It's an honour, honouring you to be here in this space. That's, that kind of thinking is what helps me shape the experience. So, and, then, and then the other things come into play. So how are we going to create a brand experience from that? How you want people to feel welcome and something like whiskey isn't very approachable. When mm. you come into our space and if you haven't been to Starwood Distillery, you have to come in in Port Melbourne. It's absolutely stunning. It's a 1927 warehouse building. It's beautiful. Yeah, gorgeous lighting, huge ceilings. I don't even know how many metres it is, <laughs> but it's, 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 it's high, <laughs> uh, which is a challenge when it comes to sound, let me tell you, mm. and light. But we do have beautiful natural lighting. And when you come in, it's overwhelming. You just don't know where to look, where to start, where to start and where it begins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that maitre d' or that host is so important because a big part of my ser- sequence of service is you, know, you need to say or be greeted within three seconds. I know Three that's, seconds? I, I know three seconds is... But when it's something wow. as big as this, you just don't want to get too sucked in or, like, too scared and then you walk away. And yeah, like, you, I don't get even lo- know. you can get lost quick, right? You can get very lost yeah. very quickly. Yeah. So we always have someone just standing and greeting at the mm-hmm. door. It's really mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. And it's that welcome. It's that approachability. It's a big part of Starwood ethos is... Whiskey isn't for someone that's sitting on a Chesterfield lounge, swirling um, next to a fireplace in a, in a tweed jacket. With the moustache. With moustache, yep. yeah. And it's like very male uh, dominated. Usually. Um, where I can proudly say 50% of my team is, it's 50-50 in terms mm. of gender. And same with, like, you know, the Starwood team. It's very much about approachability and we make it, we make the Starwood experience different to other whiskey experiences out there. What else can I tell you? That intimidation is something that I've really had to work on with the team is how you break down those barriers and also getting staff to understand that when people, when when, when you're talking about hospitality or experience, it's a form of escapism. So, you know, people want to escape the mundane, the everyday and come into a space and just just enjoy what the the storytelling is is the next part, right? Yes. It's how you tell the story and how you get them to come on this journey with you um, and just to escape whatever they're thinking for that day and just to be immersed in the Starwood experience. That's a big part of it too and how you do that is is really difficult. Like mm. it's all about like the touch and the smell. Actually, when I was in retail, there was a lovely lady, her name was Vanessa, and she told me <laughs> something that had stuck with me for the rest of my life and it was a bed, bath and table, believe it or not. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Random. Wow. But um, <laughs> she she was saying how when you see customers and they touch like items and they hold them straight away, psychologically that customer is thinking about how they're going to incorporate that into their lives or they've, they've made a psychological connection to that brand or that product. Interesting. So that's a big part of how we curate the experience too is in ensuring that people feel comfortable, that they can touch, taste, smell, um, so that's a big part of when you're doing a tour or masterclass with us. You're wa- you're tasting the wash, you're tasting the wort, you get to smell things that like the low wines, which is horrible, but <laughs> it's part of the experience and <laughs> worth it. It's also when you come in, you smell that amazing um, malt aroma and also the esters of banana and tropical fruits, which is really prominent with the Starwood brand. That, that's a big part of our ethos with when it comes to experience, that touch, taste and sensory experience. With a place like this and obviously with the masterclasses and, and those kind of things that happen in this space, do many people come in 
just because and like they just want to hang out like they haven't they haven't booked anything they haven't sort of given you guys any notice they're coming in they're just coming in off the street to really figure out what Starwood is about or is it or as much of what you do here from an experience point of view quite pre-planned people know where they're coming for they know what they know what they're here for to be educated on it's 50 50 okay really Wow. It's really interesting. We've got some incredible businesses in this area. We have Colonial Brewing Co., yes. which is uh, 200 metres down the road. And they're a brewery, like pub slash, yeah, I guess, yeah, experience. But they don't do the tours. Right. Or, um, just a facility. Just a facility where you can try a paddle of beers and you mm-hmm. can you know, experience their product. Where we are more of the, that's I guess that's our focus is experience side of it. So we get a lot of flow on from that and people making the journey for both. Um, there's also like Half Acre, which is literally down yeah. the road, amazing. It's got the market. Mm. So we do get a lot of people just floating around. Interesting. Strangely. I yeah. know we're an industrial pocket and you wouldn't think so. People do walk in a lot. And we also get a lot of people that book and, uh, you know, bucks parties and people that come in for birthdays or celebrations, 50ths actually, <laughs> very, very popular. 50ths. 50ths, right. ber- yeah, 50th okay. birthday. Let's keep that Female, in mind. <laughs> <laughs> female and male. <laughs> We do cocktail masterclasses and a lot of hens for that, as well, like hens parties. And it's, yeah, it's an interesting mix, to be honest. I, even if you're a whiskey aficionado or if you're someone that has never dabbled into whiskey, that's, that's a big part of why we're here is, um, you know, to cater to both, to not make it, like you can ask any question without, like that's a big part of our education, like our training. No one can ask a stupid question. They can... There is a difference between, believe it or not, scotch and what we do and what we're pioneers of. And again, I think there's a lot, a lot of parallel actually between third wave coffee movement mm. and Australian whiskey because as a category, it's growing at 150%, which is insane. Wow. And this is last year's stats, so I don't even know what this year's is. It's incredible. It's, an incre- it's, it's another exciting time where it's evolving and growing and distilleries are becoming really prominent offerings and mm-hmm. producers within Australia. And we're well known, like all over the world, people know what Four Pillars is. And there are others like Archie Rose and that are up and coming. It's, it's awesome. Like there's no, it's all friendly competition and fantastic. It's a really beautiful community, to be honest. Everyone is open to uh, having a chat and learning off one another. So mm-hmm. because it's a, a new industry. Great. I know a lot of people are going to learn a lot from you today, Patty. So I'm going to I'm going to continue to ask you a lot of experience based questions. All right. So <laughs> I'm curious when when a group come when a hens party comes in, and it's 20, 20 people, and then at the same time a couple in their thirties comes in, and they've just happened to go to South Melbourne Market, and they've gone to Colonial, and they've decided to come here because they've they've tried some Starwood, they've bought it retail wise they've tried it at another bar or something like that and yep. they've they're like oh my god starwood's in port melbourne like let's go and check it out how do you make sure that couple is looked after the same way and felt and made to feel special like the bucks party or the hens party that you've got here of 20 20 people well it all comes down to reading people right and again this is a part of our training and mm-hmm. part of especially when it comes down to tours like let, let's use that as an example sure. because that's really you can have a group that have zero experience or are really into it or distillers themselves and how do you gauge that at the beginning so it's all about the questions that you ask so with even if it's a hens we ask very similar questions like do you drink whiskey how do you drink if you don't drink whiskey what do you drink how do you drink if you have cocktails what what sort of cocktails do you drink 
It's all about those questions to inform the type of service that you're going to provide. Whether it be someone that has had Starwood before or wanting to actually try, like, you know, they've had one type of whiskey with at a bar mm-hmm. and they're wanting to try the whole flight or, you know, uh, get a b- bit more of an understanding. It's all about, again, the questions, but also, but also giving them a bit more in-depth. That's when the storytelling uh, comes into play because obviously they're familiar with the brand, they've, they've learnt and they've come and they've actually made the effort to visit us. Mm-hmm. So this is where we would really hone in on our our story, where we've come from, the process. Let me, even if it's five minutes, we, like we encourage um, our team all the time to just like, just shoot them, like if obviously if time allows and if we're not getting slammed, <laughs> yes. like just, you know, take them up to the mezzanine and show them around. Um, it's, it's about t- making that extra effort and step enhance the experience and elevate it it's, and it is all about the questions and understanding the reason why they're here how do you define the starwood experience both what was before you and then what you've tried to develop and what can other brands take away from that do you think i guess when i started it was november 2020 <laughs> good, <laughs> time, t- good time to come <laughs> it's in a tough time <laughs> And we literally just opened again to the public. So, and I'm, I was literally starting on a clean slate because um, my predecessor, who I'm actually really dear friends with, um, right. uh, he, he's a lovely man and we're working together again in the future. So, and yep. he's, he's still part of the family. I, and, I, and I know the way he worked because I used to work externally with Starwood. So, whether it was Biblo or um, with Mercedes May, I always had that connection with with Starwood. That's cool. And it was awesome. Mm. Um, it was really good insight and I got to actually familiarise myself with the product before even beginning, which was amazing. And relationships too, I think, was a big, big important one. The way I think the focus then, and look, Andy might correct me if I'm wrong, um, <laughs> was mainly on the, like the bar was really important and it was about showcasing versatility of the whiskey mm. and liquid on lips. So mm. that was, that was, I guess, the focal point and then the experience was secondary almost. Like it was, it was complementary to the actual bar. Interesting. Where I've almost, I've, I've pivoted the, like I've, I've changed it up yep. and made it more about the experience itself. Because I feel that as Melburnians, as visited, like I, I feel there's a huge need for people to be educated um, about Australian whiskey and what that means. Mm. And the experience and that allows that education process mm-hmm. to happen. The bar's great, but you mm-hmm. only have like a window of, five to ten minutes well you know what i mean like it's it's not as in depth you, you don't have that one-on-one connection for 45 minutes where you're talking to a group of people people have the opportunity to ask heaps of questions mm. taste touch and feel our product where a bar you know they're probably with a group it's not probably what they're looking for is to have a you know a half hour conversation with a bartender yes so yeah. it's it for me it was looking at it holistically and seeing that it shows in also our bookings like now our, our bookings outweigh like the no it doesn't outweigh but it's definitely 50 50 with our experiences versus our our bar reservations mm. so that's fantastic and i think a big part of that was also uh we won the victorian uh, tourism awards yes just recently right just recently yep. and I'm, I'm heading to noosa the end of the week wow to, to try out what we're, we're going to see. We're finalists for the National Tourism Awards. Wow. Which is pretty amazing. Thank you. Yeah, we're stoked. And that was a huge, you know, part of, you know, my time here as well is to, you know, change the way we're looking at the Starwood experience. Yep. It's, it's to, yeah, obviously showcase the, the tours, the masterclasses, the education piece and the storytelling. 
that must make you feel getting that award and and good luck for the national award. That Thank must you. must make you feel like like you know vindicated, like you're doing something really really great here. So whatever you want to do next can only be better than great, right? Absolutely. No, yeah. it was definitely, especially coming out of COVID. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we, ne- we needed it. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was a huge, yeah, pat on the back. And, and we were doing really, like, really interesting things during COVID to try and pivot during that time and and, and, and have an experience that's online. Mm. That, that was a big focal point for us. It was a, tr- a trying time, but it's also enabled us to have some space to think about what does the future look like for the Starwood experience? Mm. What are we going to be doing in the next five years to really elevate this from a brand, product, service? It, it, it's, it's tough. Like you can't obviously – I wish – who knows what's going to happen in the next five yeah, years. who knows. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it, it has given us some space to think about it at least. Is there anything from what you guys did during COVID in order to online or, or any other verticals that you guys built up during COVID? Is there – any of that resonating now? Are you doing any of those now or have you dropped those kind of off and then you're just concentrating on what you're doing here in Port Melbourne? Strangely, I thought we were going to drop it off. Yeah. But places – well, I guess there are a lot of national companies that aren't travelling and so there, there are a lot of team-building opportunities with that. We've definitely noticed a lot of – especially in the last few months, uptake in Perth. We've actually got a few this month that are uh, virtual experiences. Wow. We had a bit of issue – like there were issues with from a shipping perspective. Like every, anyone that wants it – international experience it, it's it's challenging for us to be able to offer that because of uh, the regulations and, and laws with with liquor yeah yeah we can definitely do that on a national basis and we're finding that national companies are, are reaching out to us for those sorts of experiences still which is incredible yeah it's exciting mm. is it hard with a brand like starwood which obviously is accessible in other bars but also accessible in retail and then to, for, to bring guests here and actually have the elevated experience that they want, that must be a lot of pressure. Like I'm thinking about <laughs> I'm thinking about when you're in cafes, right? And then yeah. and then you've it's sort of the same, but hang with me for a second. No, 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 yeah. Coffee at home and people making coffee at home and then they've, you know, come to your cafe and having the same coffee and like this elevation of experience. Like is it it must be a lot of pressure to do that all Absolutely. the time, Patty. It's training. It's a lot a lot of training. Yeah. And getting the team on the same page to like whether it doesn't matter which bartender you have, you know, it's the same with a barista, right? Yes. You still are curating the same, same beverage, and it's, uh, it yeah, it is really really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yes. Um, but how we do it is the like I'll go back to the detail, mm. and it's about that seamless experience. That you don't even think about like how did that even how did that happen? How did that uh, you know drink it there in just such a short of how did you know that I needed that? All of that is its part of, I guess, hospitality. It's about, about what we do. And I think it's a real Melbourne thing too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I agree. Like we do that so well. And the, and the standards in Melbourne, are, look, it, we're going through a really tough time at the moment, but mm. um, the standards in Melbourne from a hospitality perspective and our service is phenomenal. It's world class. So when it, we're talking about a Melbourne brand that's born and bred here, our ingredients are from here it needs to speak the same language with you know what in terms of hospitality and what we're doing what you what you would experience in other venues we just need to lift the bar even more um and our whiskey is is phenomenal like you've tried it unbelievable yeah (laughs) our menu is also 
assisted and curated by our brand ambassadors, which mm-hmm. which help. Um, so Matty Folland is our brand ambassador, our national brand ambassador, mm-hmm. and he's helped with our, our menu creation. It's the same when it comes to br- the, that training that comes knowing how to serve a cocktail, create a cocktail mm-hmm. properly, the right dilution, right sweetness, right, right savoury, uh, yeah, savouriness. It's all part of... Yeah, the training piece and ensuring that everyone feels empowered to be able to do that well and execute it well. Can we talk about the nitty gritty about how you train your staff? Because I'm really, really curious. Because yeah. I know you've got a you smallish kind of team, like right. You've yeah, got about yeah. ten to twelve people. That's um, right. I think yep. from memory. Yeah. Are you doing a blend of like online training and in obviously in person training? But how are you sort of curating that? Because I see some connection between baristas. Yes. At bartenders, right? Yeah, like there huge. has to be a standardization of what they do. Absolutely. But they're doing what they do behind a bar, whether it be a coffee bar or an alcohol bar, because they've got personality and because they've got skill, yes. because they've got engagement. Absolutely. Which yes. is very hard to train. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but how do, you, how do you go about training your team? And I think it also comes to, like, even when it was coffee, to be honest, there's huge parallels, like with distillers and mm. coffee roasters. Yeah. Um, and we do that, and I, like, yeah. I've actually taken a lot away from those experiences mm. because the distillers are so imperative to the training piece. Yes. We do um, every Friday, we do a, a tasting with our team, uh, nice. the entire team, the actual company. Wow. Um, where our distillers or someone within the team would talk about a, a distillery that's out there that's okay. not, not Starwood. Right. And we talk about how we, you know, process how it tastes, how, we've, how it's got there, what, a bit about the brand, the stills themselves. It's, it's a really interesting perspective because obviously all we talk about is Starwood. Yes. But it's really important to understand what other people are doing, what, what, what make them different. So that's, that's a huge education piece. Yes. Um, we are, well, obviously with COVID, it's been really difficult to have cross-pollination of our teams. But um, we're looking at doing training with our distillers in the next... So we do it every month. We do a, a, a hospitality experience training, which is around half day. Wow, um, half so day. Half day. Wow. So it, it, it's intense, yeah. But it, it's really necessary because yeah, there's there's a lot of complexity when it comes to the whiskey process. And when you're doing a masterclass where people know their stuff, you need to be, you know, well accustomed to every little nitty gritty mm. question that might come up. And if you don't know the answer, my <laughs> advice is don't answer. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, we're, we're certainly we're experts to a degree, but it's not. It's 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 also really important to understand that we we don't know everything, uh, and we're not distillers. Yeah but we try and do everything we possibly can to have the answers. Mm. So there's the distillers. So I'll go back to your question. So there's yeah the training piece that we do with our distillers, do obviously like order standard stuff like sequence of service. We actually act it out. I know it sounds ridiculous, but oh, we do great. actually like go out there and especially with COVID, we had to incorporate a lot of like everyone, COVID safe measures. Yep. So getting people into the routine of, you know, sanitising and... QR codes and all mm. of that stuff was mm-hmm. really important. Mm. Um, when it comes to tours and masterclasses, a lot of it is because some people aren't great with public speaking or like talking to a group. So just getting them really comfortable with that and feeling, again, it's that empowerment of having all the knowledge there, knowing the cues, knowing what questions you need to ask to be able to give 
the customers the right information. Um, so we do a lot of, when it comes to tours and masterclass training, we actually act that out as well. And we have uh, Lizzie, who's part of our team, who's head of tours and masterclasses. Um, and she does an incredible job with on that front. Yeah, whether it be a new release that we have, like we need to go in, in depth detail of how that whiskey was produced and created to uh, a new experience, like the sensory experience, which kind of pairs different foods with whiskey and like plays on like how do you pair or how do you taste whiskey because it's quite high in alcohol. Yep. So how do you differentiate between five different whiskeys and yep. what is that? Yeah, how do you do that? Mm. I think coffee's really easy, mm. I, I think. When mm. I started, when it's, it is um, because you can actually taste like the fruitiness and the different notes, uh, different notes where, where alcohol is actually really difficult unless you're comparing it side by side and yes. you know you, you've done it for years. It's, it's very challenging. So there's a bit in training in that side of things as well. And then there's obviously the bartender piece. So we try and make obviously with current situation we're in with staff shortages trying to make your staff as versatile as possible right mm. so whether they're front of house bartenders tours and masterclass, you know aficionados they can do it all and we're tr- really now that's the focus is really trying to make our team as versatile as possible because like last weekend we had half of our team have COVID and you just have got to lean on everyone to be able to pull pull through for that weekend and everyone did it's incredible. Like, yeah, the, th- the focus at the moment is, is versatility. Do you think the brand has, has focused more on training in the last two years because you've sort of had to and maybe had a bit more time because of kind 100%. of lockdowns and stuff like that? Do you think that's been a, b- a bit more of a focus? Absolutely, especially when it comes to virtual experiences too. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people didn't know how to – like, even that, that was another education piece and training 100%. piece. It's like, how do you use Zoom? Yeah. How do you put a background on there that would <laughs> – Yes, <laughs> doesn't look stupid. stupid. Yes, um, all of that. Yeah, that. Yes, a hundred percent. We've uh, really had to elevate that side of things and schedule in more training than ever. And I'm really grateful. Like, I, I think I'm the, probably one of the only people to say this in Melbourne is I haven't lost my team in twelve months. Wow. So I've had a couple of people have had to go to university or you know for yeah. other reasons. In terms from a COVID perspective, I didn't lose anyone. We were able to. Put like redeploy people in other parts of the business, um, whether it be our online dispatch packaging. It was phenomenal to be able to still employ all of our team. Interesting. So I, ha- I didn't lose that knowledge or that skill set, which was really helpful and beneficial. And we only improved and um, built on those skills that they already had. So do you think the training component, the fact that you guys care so much about them as humans, do you think that's the reason why they decided to stay? I hope so. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I really you know? well. That's why I stay. You know, yeah, like you yeah. know, that's a great um, point. Yeah, that's a great point. The um, from a professional development perspective, if that's there, and I feel like I'm growing, then like that's how I look at the way I you know nurture my team. Mm. Is how do I want to be managed? How do I want to you know grow in a business? And a big part of it for us is that we want because we are a startup in 2007 you know that wasn't yeah. a long time ago and we need people to grow with our team and and grow with starwood and it's and it's incredible like the last three years have our growth has accelerated exceptionally we've done some incredible things and won some amazing accolades for not only our product like our service it's, mm. it's been an, an amazing few years so yeah i i hope so i hope that's the reason they they stay on that's what I love about Starwood is the fact that, and I'm, and I'm going back to what I said at the start of the podcast, like I felt that years ago 
you know, when I met That's Andy. Great. Like I met, I remember oh, meeting met Andy, Andy that night. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's great. You kind of can't forget. Like he's a lovely, a lovely person. Yeah. Um, as are you. But like this is, this is more than a whiskey brand. Yeah. This is an experience, and now you've been accoladed for the fact that the experience meets the expectation of such an amazing product that your distillers do here. So that's fantastic. Thank you. My last question to you is like, what are you guys looking forward to? Like, where do you go from here mm. with an elevated experience in Port Melbourne um, in such a beautiful space? Like, what are you guys looking forward to next? Well, I can't allude to too much. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some really exciting things in the pipeline yep. that are happening from an experience perspective in, mm. in my department. We are looking at elevating this. I know, how can we? When we've just won gold. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> into like take it to another level, Patty. <laughs> we yeah. Can, yeah, we can, we can and we will. <laughs> um, so we are looking at um, sort of elevating it from a, a brand perspective. So, yeah, watch this space. I'll definitely keep you posted on, on what we're doing there. Mm. It's also, yeah, our releases. Just released 22 is an amazing, like if you haven't, I don't know, did we try it? I can't remember. Oh, I feel like we did last yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think so. glad we did. Um, but that I- that itself is a delicious whiskey. So mm-hmm. we we released Tawny Number One, and I think everyone knows that. Unfortunately, just <laughs> because um, Daniel Andrews toasted with it and put it on the, he said it was drinking from the top shelf. <laughs> um, so everyone knows that whiskey, and um, Tawny Two is. I think even more exceptional. Mm. Um, it's far more mature. We, it was actually it's matured for probably the longest out of because our, our whiskies are usually re- matured for around three to four years due, wow. to, due to the Melbourne climate. Yes, this whisky is actually matured for around six and a half years. Wow. So the same time as basically left in the barrels from the tawny one um, and just um, recently bottled it. So uh, really complex, beautiful. It's like Nan's fruit cake. Like yeah, it's that wow. Kind of, okay, um, that yeah, Christmassy like kind of note. Christmas, yeah, Christmas in a cup. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's, yeah, super delicious. And that's something that we've just recently we've done, done a brand event here uh, a few weekends ago, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And like the first one in nine months. Um, wow, so that must have felt good. So good, 150 people for the wow. world, which was awesome. And yeah, we've got so many more exciting releases to come this year. Watch this space. I'm definitely, I will definitely keep you um, informed of what's going to happen. Oh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I love great brands going to next levels of greatness. So yeah. um, <laughs> I think it's going to be awesome. Now, I know a lot of people who maybe don't know Starwood yep. around the country are going to want to find out more, and I s- suspect after listening to how you train and care about your team, there's probably going to be a couple of people who might reach out, Patty, and want to work here. Yeah. So what, what's the best way of like finding more out about Starwood? They can certainly email me. No, not a mm-hmm. problem. So it's patty, P-A-T-T-Y, at starwood.com.au. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it would be great if, yeah, if people are interested for sure, please reach out. Or even if you just want to come in and have a drink, feel free to like contact me and I'd love to help you out and, and book you in. There's obviously our website, starwood.com.au or starwood.com. And then Starwood is the one that's specific to our uh, distillery, Mm -hmm. so the actual visit experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's on Instagram and Facebook. And then you obviously have Starwood Whiskey, which is our brand, our global brand, um, and that can be found on Instagram and Facebook as well. As always, linked up in the show notes of this podcast. Patty, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that one. I think you obviously know that I definitely did. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. We're making this content with the industry in mind, so we'd really appreciate you sharing it along 
especially because we talked a lot about training and a lot about experience there. So I think it's going to be really valuable to a lot of people. Thanks as well to our supporter, the largest family owned and operated hospitality supply in Australia, Chef's Hat, where the industry shops. And if you don't know us at Poe, well, shame on you, you definitely should. Sash, my co-founder from Principal Design, has one of the best design agencies in Australia. So if you're looking for anything around strategy, branding, digital design, wayfinding and graphic design, you can find them at principaldesign.com.au and myself at Open Petri Consulting for anything to do with systems and processes to make your business run even more smoothly. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode and until next time, stay safe everyone.